Turn, if you would, to Ephesians this morning. You got time for some more word? Now, if you're visiting with us this morning, I might inform you that noon is not our get-out time. We don't even have an official get-out time. It'd be closer to 12.30 or 1, probably, if it was, but uh, like I said. Uh, Anyway, um, we come for not just to check the box to say we came, but to give the Lord something. Right? That's what we've been doing all morning thus far. Right? We came, we gave Him our praise, gave Him our worship, gave Him our offerings, and now we come to receive from Him too, to hear what He would tell us and to receive what He would show and direct us to do. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, we've been on this topic for some weeks now. I believe we're nearing the uh, conclusion of this particular segment and series. And if this is your first time to be with us, then there's a lot that has gone before this. And we'd encourage you to get the uh, CDs and get the uh, download it free off the Internet or get it catch up with us. We've been talking about growing up. Everybody say growing up. Growing up. In Ephesians 4, and uh, verse 7, says, To every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ, Wherefore, he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Verse 11, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Why did he give us these gifts, these ministry gifts? For the what? For the perfecting of the saints. Do the saints need to be perfected? Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Do you need some perfection? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now what does this word perfecting and perfect mean? If you look it up, you'll see in this verse here and in the Greek, it doesn't mean what we think sometimes in our modern vernacular. It doesn't mean flawless without flaw, without defect. What does it mean? It means complete. It means brought to its full development, brought to the finish or to the end. It means completed. Well, as Christians, just like in the natural, you're not born a fully developed adult. You're born a baby. And uh, everything goes properly, then you'll grow and develop and increase until you come to the end of your physical development. You come to a place where you're not going to get any taller, you know, you, you grow to the, your, your full adult physical development. Same thing is true spiritually. When you're born again, you're not born a fully developed mature Christian. First Peter, 2.2 says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? That you may grow thereby. Is it God's plan for us to grow? 
Do we need to grow? Oh, we do. We do. And so he tells us that's why we've been given ministry gifts. So we can be perfected, so we can grow up and develop. And then so we can, verse 12, so we can do the work of the ministry. And so the whole body of Christ can be built up and edified. We will not be able to do the full thing that God has called us to do unless and until we grow up. You, you, you talk about athletes, people who have uh, accomplished amazing things physically, uh, basketball, football, uh, Olympic uh, competition. They did not do these things as babies, right? They could not run like that when they were first born. They couldn't play ball like that when they were two years old, right? Before they could accomplish that, they had to grow up. Well, what about you and me? Will we be able to do and accomplish for the kingdom of God in the earth what we God intended that we do unless we grow up? Well, no. And here's the thing. Millions of Christians never grow up. They stay babies spiritually their entire life. And this is confusing because, you know, you see somebody with a 60-year-old body, you want to assume that they've grown up on the inside. But it's not true. Again and again, you got people with a 50, 60, 70-year-old body, and inside they're two. You don't develop and mature just by passage of time. You, like that passage says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. You got to be fed and fed the right thing. Now that's, see, that's why he gave us the ministry gifts. Right? So that we get fed the right thing and get the right inputs and we begin to grow. You won't grow up spiritually just listening to people's theories and opinion and, and preachers quoting popular literature. And talking about social reform. You won't. And that's, that's sad that you've got so many churches that that's what people are hearing. They're hearing good works, be good, do good, good ideas, be a good person, be a good person, be a good person. And they're not hearing the Word of God. They're not being nourished up in the words of faith. How can you tell? If you're being fed the Word of God, your, your spirit will be nourished. You'll begin to have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How would you know if you're getting faith? You get confidence. You begin to be excited. Hallelujah. You got life inside you. Right? What for you, you know, you, you show people that I don't care how much they go to church, but they're always depressed. They have no vision. They have no excitement. They're not getting fed the Word. You get fed the Word, and if you'll stay awake and listen and pay attention, <laughs> you'll get built up. Can you say amen? And I'll never forget the first time I heard words of faith. I grew up in church, but for years I hadn't heard words of faith. 
I heard words of condemnation. Don't do this. Don't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Better watch out. You're going to hell. You saw a rascal? Watch out. Watch out. Oh, watch out. That won't make you grow up. That'll make you scared. Huh? Condemnation is preached. Theories and experiences, opinions, oh, lots of opinions are preached. Well, I think this, and this is the way I see it, and on and on. And you can be in a church like that for a hundred years and never grow up and develop spiritually. Oh, but when you hear the words of faith. That doesn't mean every message has to be on the subject of faith, but every message should be from faith and in faith and of faith and from faith to faith. Right? Because without faith, you can't receive from the Lord. Without faith, you can't be born again. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. What is the victory that overcomes the whole world? Even our faith, the Bible says. Thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Word. Thank God for words of faith. Let's believe for some more this morning. Words of faith. He said, for the perfecting of the saints. Verse 13 Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Is this God's will for all of us? That we become a perfect man. What does that mean? A completely developed person. That we grow up spiritually. That we... uh, A perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What will you look like when you grow up? Like the master. The Christ. He is the perfect example of the perfect man. Right? Now what we're going to get into more. We've touched on this numerous ways and times in this series. But we're going to get on this more. Can you be like him? Can you grow up and be just like Him? You understand? Millions of Christians don't believe that. They don't. They don't. And it's why so many are doing so poorly. you got to believe what the Bible says. That you can grow up and be just like Him. Thank you for those two amens. Say it out loud. I can grow up up and become and and be be just just like Him. him. What will you look like when you grow up? What will you sound like? What will you be like? Just like Him. The Christ. The Anointed One. The Master. Glory. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. See, children are unstable. They believe stuff they ought not believe. They're easily duped, easily swayed, easily deceived. The Lord doesn't want us that way. 
Verse 15, but what? But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Can you grow up? Go with me to Luke, please. The book of Luke. Sixth chapter, I believe it is. Somebody say, I'm growing up. I'm growing up. Look at your neighbor, exhort him, say, grow up. Grow up. You need to grow up. Then you tell them back, okay, I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you don't think you need to grow up much, that's a sure indicator that you're a real baby. <laughs> right? The more you develop and grow, the more you realize what a baby you've been. And if you don't see what a baby you've been, that reveals the big baby you are. You had not even grown enough to see what a big baby you are. Ask your family or your friends. They can tell you. No, don't ask them. Luke, Luke 6. Y'all believing with me? Luke chapter 6. Glory to God. We're getting a boat. Y'all tell me when they get that offered count. Uh, (laughs) Kelly's been going around the house going, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did you find Luke? Luke 6. Luke 6.40. The disciple is not above his master. Now, you could get any Christian to agree with that. Right? Who is the master? Jesus. Jesus. And if you ask any Christian, any denomination, any church this morning, you know, are you one of the Lord's disciples? Yeah. Uh, Are you above your master? Oh, no. No, no, no. No argument there. But, read the rest of the verse. But, what? Everyone. Not just a select few. What? Everyone that is what? Now see, a lot of people have read this and just ignored it. Because when they hear the word perfect, they think, well, nobody's perfect. And they just ignore it and go right on. Don't pay attention to it. No, what does this word mean? We've been talking about it for weeks now. Those who grow up, those who develop fully, 
completely will be what? Shall be hmm? remotely similar, vaguely identifiable with what? No. Shall be as his master. As who? No wonder how many Christians believe that. Hmm? Are you going to develop above your master? No, no that ain't happening. <laughs> but what is the best you could do? Huh? Let me see if I could be, if I could be a thousandth like the Lord, I'd just be so thrilled. You shouldn't be thrilled. You shouldn't stop there. If I, if I could be half like the Lord, I'd just be thrilled to know in. Well, you shouldn't stop there. Let me read another translation to you. The scripture says in the Amplified, a, a pupil is not superior to his teacher. But everyone, when he is completely trained, readjusted, restored, set to rights, and perfected, will be like his teacher. The NEB says everyone, when his training is complete will reach his teacher's level. Do we believe that? Sit out loud. When my training is complete, I will reach my master's level. What does that mean? So you're trying to say you reach God's level? Oh, relax. You know, there's people just, just want to argue and fuss. They're just primed to argue. It's kind of like some of, some of the crowds Jesus saw. Every time he said something they didn't like, they had rocks to throw. Where'd they get those rocks? They must have come to the church service with rocks. They must have brought rocks to the service. And are just ready. They came annoyed. They're unhappy people. And they don't like it when other people are happy. And they're just ready to fuss. And argue. Well, don't do that. Get happy. And believe the Bible. Believe the Bible. Well, are you saying you can be just like God? I'm reading the Bible. Don't try to make it say anything different than the Bible. Somebody says, yeah, but now that's Jesus, preacher. That's Jesus. Nobody ever did just like Jesus. Then I guess we ought to ignore this then. And tell Jesus we don't know why he said that. Because we could never be like him. And did, why didn't he know that we couldn't be like him? Jesus did not do what he did in the earth as God. Amen. He did it as a man. Yes. 
Hmm? Didn't he? Go to Philippians 2, please. Philippians 2. I might as well preach a long time today. <laughs> till it quits raining anyway. <laughs> Philippians 2. Verse 5. Philippians 2, 5. Are we thankful for this nice, comfortable, dry, paid for church house? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody getting dripped on? Huh? I saw a head. You're joking, right? No drips, right? Glory to God. Sitting in here dry. Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Is he telling you to think like him? Have the same mentality and mind as him. Does the scripture say we have the mind of Christ, the anointed one? Verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Other translations bring out that he laid aside. He emptied himself, one said, of his divine weight and power and glory. Somebody said, how did he do that? He's God. He can do it. And became like other men. Verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now go back, uh, hold your place in Philippians or put your ribbon there or mark something. Uh, We're going to look at something else there. But go back to John 14. The Bible tells us when Jesus was born, among other things, it describes how he grew. Doesn't it? He grew in stature. He grew in wisdom and favor. Well, if you're operating in omniscience, As God, you don't grow in wisdom. Right? And there, Jesus did not walk knowing everything about everything and just doing miracles indiscriminately as being omnipotent. People try to say he did, but he didn't. He was born like other men. He grew and developed. He had to learn how to talk. Did you hear me? He had to learn how to walk. He had to learn how to talk. Isn't it interesting that the Word made flesh had to learn the Word? Remember when he was 12, he's in there with the scribes listening to them and asking questions. You don't need to ask questions if you're omniscient. All-knowing. Right? But he did because he's learning. Yes. Why? Because he emptied himself of his mighty power and became and operated like other men. Yes. Now, why am I saying this? 
Can we believe that we can grow up and operate like he did when he was in the earth? We're called to it. It's our destiny. And in John 14, these are the words of the Master. John 14, verse 12. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me. Is that you? How many believe on him? Go on record. Raise your hand. You say, I believe on him. He that believes on me, what? The works that I do. What does it mean when you say the works? Does that mean one or two of them or... You might do half of what kind of things. No, the works. That, that covers all of them. That I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these. Shall he do? Why? Because I go. See, if he had stayed on the earth, the works would have just kept getting bigger and greater and greater. But that wasn't the main reason he came. The only reason. His ministry gave you and me an example. His prayer life gave me and you an example. But he didn't come to just teach and preach and go all over the world and do. He came to set that example. But he is on a short course to the cross to pay the price. And he did. If he'd have stayed and continued his ministry, the miracles would have just got bigger and greater and greater. But what he began. In his earthly body. He is continuing today. In his spiritual body. And what he did. You and I are supposed to do. Do you believe it? Most Christians don't. We can't control them. But we can decide for ourselves. I'm going to believe this. I'm going to believe this. I'm going to believe that I can grow up. And I can think like Jesus thought when He walked the earth. That's why you need to read your chapters. Right? You need to be in the Bible. You need to see how God thinks. And you need to read the gospel accounts. Look at Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. See what He did and how He thought. Why? Because that's how I'm supposed to be thinking. Don't put Jesus ministry and Jesus prayer life and Jesus life in an unattainable category from you. One of the big problems in the church, in the body of Christ, is the low standard that people have set for themselves. Low standard. It's popular among Christians for people to say, well, you know, that's Jesus, but I, I'm not Jesus. And I'm not perfect. I'm just a man. You hear people start talking like that? And what they are doing is making excuses for their low standard. Their low standard. People expect and require so little of themselves. One of the big problems we have in this generation is how little parents expect of their children. Phyllis and I talk about this all the time. You see people that will just let their kids go. I mean, undisciplined, untrained, and here they are two and three and four and five and six. I guess they're waiting until they get 20 
before they're going to start expecting them to learn anything and know anything. And it shows that, that nothing is expected of these children. Even little, Do you understand that little ones can understand? Little ones know more than you think they know. I mean the ones that can't talk. They know more. They are more aware. And dear me, by the time a child is 10 and 11 and 12 and 13, they ought to be acting like young men and young women. Right? People expect so little. And the reason they expect so little of their children is they expect so little of themselves. It is so, it, it's too popular in so many churches. And I, I see people, it's their, it's their uh, catch phrase for their denomination. We're just people. We're broken people with mistakes and failures. And we're just people. I'm just a man. Did you remember what the psalmist said? No, maybe you don't. Go to Psalms. Psalm 8. Oh, don't quit me now. Don't quit me now. Well, I'm just a man. What does that mean? What does that mean? Low standard. And you know, that's one of the reasons why the enemy has pushed so hard this uh, evolution stuff. What can you expect from an improved ape? (laughs) We're basically just, (laughs) you know, just one notch above something that's living in the jungle. And we, that's, you know, our basic natures just come out sometime. You know, it's that hunter-gatherer thing. It just kind of overwhelms you. How many understand people are using this to excuse being liars and unfaithful? Did you hear me? And undependable, unreliable. And they just look at you like, well, what would you expect? I'm just a man. No, you're not a man. You're not a man like God intended. You're not a woman like God intended. You're wrong. We did not descend from developed animals. Did you hear me? And in the garden, Adam and Eve didn't look at each other and go, Ugh. Hug, hug, hug. What did God create when He created man? Oh, come on, come on. What, what was Adam? What was Eve? And then what is the last Adam? Jesus. A man. A man. Oh, come on. A man. A man. What is a man? When I say man, I'm talking about male man or female man. What is a man? It's the creation of God made in the likeness and the image of the Almighty. 
We need, we need to get this standard back up of what a man, what a woman is. Man of God, woman of God. People have been shooting too low. Thinking too low. Living too low. Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Verse 3, he said, When I consider your heavens... Psalm 8.3, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man? Glory to God. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? He's, he's getting revelation, isn't he? He's going, I'm sure the angels have been asking this for some time. They're going, what? What is this man? God creates planets, solar systems, the universe. He has all these different creations. But the man, the man has God's ear, is the apple of his eye, is made in his own likeness and image. God doesn't just call us his servants. He calls us his sons, his family. Glory to God. What is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? You made him a little lower than the angels. And if you read in Hebrews, uh, that phrase also has to do with for a little while. Our current condition is lower than angels. But our place is above angels. The Bible says we shall judge angels. And when you die, you don't turn into an angel. That would be a demotion. And have crowned him with glory and honor. You made him, who? Man, to have dominion over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. Glory to God. That's what he intended for Adam and Eve. They failed. They sinned. They lost it. But Jesus came and got it back and operated as a perfect man. What's a a, a fully developed man supposed to live like? A fully developed woman supposed to live like and act like? Just like Jesus. He was born. He learned. He grew at 12 years old. He had enough understanding of God that he's uh, stumping the scribes. Expect more of your 12-year-old. Yeah, but that was they ought to be showing similar indications to Jesus as when he was 12. Well, they say my child has this, and they say my child has... Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? You, you never speak over them uh, handicaps and restrictions and inabilities. I don't care what kind of symptoms they have. You look at them, you speak over them, you say, you have the mind of Christ. Boy, you are bright. You're sharp. You're strong. You can learn anything you need to learn. Right? They come in crying and go, Mama, this is hard. It's cool. I can't learn this. Say, Boy, don't you ever say that again. You can learn anything that you need and want to learn. Faith is the bigger part of it. If you believe you can learn it, you can learn it. If you believe you can get it, you can get it. Expect much. 
Now, I don't mean be demanding and be condemning and and tell them half the time, you know, boy, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do this? You know, I'm going to push you and make a man out of you. That's you being ignorant. You don't know what a man is. No, it's not through pushing and condemnation and speaking down. It's through encouragement, edifying, showing them you believe in them, teaching them how to believe in themselves. Right? Yes, Showing them what a man is supposed to be. Just like Jesus. Not only are you supposed to be like Jesus as an adult, they're supposed to be like Jesus as a 12-year-old. Did you get this? Can you feel what we're up against here? Hmm? As you talk about this, have people thought like this? No. They haven't thought, well, Brother Keith, that's Jesus. You're surely you're not saying you we should expect our kids to be like him when he was twelve. Yes, you're supposed to. If he was operating as God, no. But he wasn't operating as God. He's operating as a man. And he told us, he that believes on me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these. If he did it as a man and he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, he would anoint us with the same spirit. Why couldn't we do it? Can we, can we see the glorious possibility and opportunities of living like him? Praying like him? Thinking like him? How did he live? How did he live? Fearless, totally fearless. Did he walk in authority over disease? Glory to God. Did he walk in authority? Did he rebuke fevers and they obeyed him? Did he walk in authority over demons? Walked in authority over the elements, didn't he? Spoke to the wind, spoke to the waves. You see, people, preachers say, Jesus, you know, he walked on the water. Yeah, why? Because he's Jesus. He's the Son of God. Well, he is Jesus. He is the Son of God. But they're implying something that's not true. They're implying he did it as God because he is God. And that's not right. That's not true. He did it as a man. Could you pray like Jesus prayed? Could you have a communion with the Father like Jesus had when he was on? That is what's available to me and to you. Glory to God. We've set the bar too low. The standard's been too low. Too many people have been too quick to talk about, I'm just a man. I'm just a man. No, no. You are a Christ man. Oh, hallelujah. You are a Christian. Bless the Lord. Go back to Philippians. I'm thinking about closing, but don't rush me. (laughs) We're getting a boat. What we got? What we got? What do we got? Someone's mailing this. Someone's mailing that. Does this include, not included? Not included in this. Mm-hmm. This is what today we did. Yeah, I see that. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's not included. This and this is not included in this. This is where we stand right now. That's where we stand. And that's not the 
I hadn't told the internet. That could be a bunch. Right? Right now, what is in hand and counted from this morning's offering, 77,774. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Yes, yeah, stand up and praise God. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's a good offering. That means already this morning, we've had a hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars come in this morning. A hundred and eighty nine thousand. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we are, now it's going to be less than this, but right now the figure is 155,000. We're 155,000 away from taking the ropes off this, the, 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 the dock and driving this boat away. And we, that will be reduced by the, here's thousands right here that people say they're going to send in that hadn't got here yet, and then the internet. But what I think, <laughs> I think that we are supposed to pay for this boat. What do you think? I think we're supposed to. I, you know, I don't think. This is supposed to be somebody else's blessing. I think we're supposed to, we're supposed to pay for this whole boat. We're only 155 away. So, uh, uh, Kelly, Patty, what we will do as a church is we will put this boat up, uh, next week and next week if it's not done before then. And we'll believe God, won't we? We'll believe God for the rest of this 150,000. It'll come in. Right? It'll come in, and then we will send that half million dollars. Glory to God. And uh, you get, get them ready to pick that boat up. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo, thank you, Father. 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 Lord, we worship you. We worship you. Glory to God. You know, I am, uh, I'm reminded one of the most touching passages to me in the whole Bible is, uh, King David when he got it in his heart and he called the prophet in. He said, uh, 
He said, I, I live here in this palace. And the Ark of the Covenant's out there in a tent. And that is not right. He said, I want to build a fitting place for the Lord. And the man of God said, sounds good to me. Do it. Do whatever's in your heart. And before the prophet could get out of the courtyard, the Lord arrested him and said, no. No, and they all didn't ask me about this. You go back and tell him, no, it'll not be for him to build it. But it was good that he had it in his heart. And I'm going to let his son build it. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so he went back and told him that. And so when David heard that, he went to the house of the Lord. And he laid aside his kingly garments and and he humbled himself and got in the floor before God. Because when the Lord told him through the prophet, he said, it was good that you had this in your heart. You want to build me a house? That's great. He said, but I want to tell you something. I'm going to build you a house. God told him. And he went before the Lord and he said, Lord, who am I? And what is my house that you talk about me like this and you do this? And so what he decided to do is if he couldn't build it, he could pay for it. (laughs) And so he began... To pile up money like dust. And when it come time, when his son is old enough and taking over the kingdom, you remember, they had the big whopper chunk offering. You remember that? Oh, man. And he came and he gave billions. And the the elders of the nation came and added to it billions. Now, you talk about an offering, man. And when after it had come in, they stood up and and he said, Lord, who are we that you'd let us give like this and that you'd let us do like this? Who who are we that you'd put this in our hands? Well, I believe this is just the beginning. But who are we that God would enable us to do things? Are you thankful? Are you happy? Let's praise God some more. Lord, we worship you. Thank you for using us. Thank you for letting us be a part. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Come on, praise Him some more. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Glory to God. Move this. Move that out of the way. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. Y'all come on. Come on, singers. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah. Go ahead and play. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we, uh, we thank God for this piece of equipment. And we just, we rejoice with them and believe with them that they'll have other things added to them. But you know, the most important part of the ministry is not, not ships and computers, it's people. People. 
And uh, that ministry wouldn't be like that without these guys. And they, uh, this is their life. They love the people. They are Samoan. They, yeah. And God does it to you. He, he, he does it when he sends somebody. They are sent ones to the South Pacific. Would y'all mind if we prayed for y'all? Would y'all step forward, Kelly and uh, Patty? Y'all step forward. Phyllis, would you come with me? Let's surround them with faith and love. Let's believe with them for a renewed vigor. Right? 3,000 islands is a lot of islands. Right? A lot of tribes. They're going to need the strength of the Lord. The Most High and the wisdom of God. Reach your hands out this way. Let's pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for these, your ministers. In your holy name, we thank you for your righteousness, for your anointing, for the call that is on their lives. Let your power come into them. We ask for an increase of anointing, an increase of revelation. We ask that you'd add to them supernatural equipment. Anything else they need to do what you've called them to do, we ask that you would add it to them and advance them and use them to advance your kingdom in the South Pacific and in the world in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise God. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, we worship you. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, we worship you. Oh, we worship you.